Praise God. <clears throat> well, tonight I'm going to talk about qualifying. In fact, that's the name of the message tonight. Pastor finished uh, Blood Covenant, by the way. We'd been in Blood Covenant for a long, long, long time. And I just was very, very blessed by that teaching. I really thank Pastor for doing it. Um, teaching something like the Bud Covenant or any teaching, but especially something like that, and like when he taught Revelation, just requires tremendous time and preparation. It's not easy. I mean, you have to really gut that kind of stuff out when you're studying. And so I appreciate him taking the time to do that for us in this church. And it's a lot easier to just preach than it is to, to gut something out like that, especially something that takes 16 weeks or whatever. Actually, it wasn't weeks, but it was that many sessions, I believe, because uh, he did it twice on Sunday. Tonight, we're going to be talking about something else, though. We're changing gears, and I want to talk tonight about qualifying. You may not have ever heard a sermon on this. I'd never have either, uh, but I know that it's the Holy Spirit, and he wants to talk about this. Uh, you know, I don't know if any of you know a lot about NASCAR. I'm sure the men do. I don't know if the women know a lot about NASCAR, but I don't know a lot, but I've watched enough of it, especially when Eric used to live at the house on Sunday afternoon. Sometimes he would watch some NASCAR, and so I know enough about it to know that they have a qualifying race. In other words, I can't just find me a car somewhere and decide, I think I'll be in a NASCAR race and go up there and uh, uh, you know I'm sure there's even more to it than the qualifying race I'm sure there's things that that must be done but even once you get into NASCAR for every race like for the race at Talladega the race at all these other places um, uh, that uh, you they on Saturday I believe it is or maybe it's Friday I'm not sure but anyway it's the day or day or two before the race they actually have qualifying races and you have to qualify in those races in order to be in the big race on Sunday I guess they have have more uh, NASCAR drivers than they can fit into one race on the track and so you have to qualify and only so many qualify and so forth did everybody know that well you know that's just one example there's a lot of other examples in the world that we could use about how you have to qualify for things and you know I think sometimes people overlook that in the kingdom of God that also in the kingdom we have to qualify ourselves for things and, uh, and you know, I know we, you know, we talk about grace, and we talk about how salvation is a free gift, and certainly it is. And uh, but they're still qualifying even for salvation. How many of you know there's rules to salvation? How many of you know there's certain things in order to qualify to be saved that you have to do? In other words, you have to believe, and then you have to act upon it by confessing with your mouth, right? Hallelujah. And then uh, it just it, everything in the kingdom of God, we could just go on and on forever about how we have to qualify ourselves. And I want to talk to you about some of those things tonight, about qualifying even for the greater things in God. Hallelujah. Uh, so turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, if you would. Praise God. And I'm going to get a couple of Bibles over here. I meant to do that earlier. Um, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 said, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And this is an important verse. First of all, we find out we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Really, we've been given everything. It's all been set aside for us and, and is ready for us. And I wanted you to notice something else about this verse. So it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Look, now I want you to notice that that's plural. Heavenly places in Christ. I know the New Living Translation says, With every spiritual blessing, blessing in the heavenly realms. 
realms. And tonight we're going to be talking a lot about the fact that there are realms in God, that there are realms in the Spirit. There's realms that we have never even touched yet. God is uh, infinite and, un and limitless, and so there's always going to be places to grow and to go into in God. And so there's realms in the Spirit, and but all of those are, are available to us. We haven't touched all of them yet, but they're all available to us. God's no respecter of persons. Uh, we can go where any anyone else has gone, and we know that there are people that have gone farther into the things of God than we have. Amen. And I know you know that. I mean, we can look at, uh, we can read books about that. In fact, we do buy books and read books about John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and, and, uh, Catherine Kuhlman and, and, uh, different people and different people, uh, throughout history. And we know I hadn't been in that realm yet when we read about them. And it makes us want to go to that realm when we read those books. And so there are realms, uh, in the spirit. Um, Every, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Now I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Hallelujah. Uh, Ephesians. Ephesians 3.10. Because uh, I, I noticed that there was a, the, the word realms in the King James was never used. I looked in my concordance and it was never used once. But in the New Living Translations, it was used several times, so I'll read those. God's purpose was to show us, to, the God's purpose was to show his wisdom in all its rich variety to all the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. And they will see this, and it goes on to say, so there's a heaven, there's heavenly realms. We know Paul said he was caught up into the third heaven. So we know there's got to be at least one and two because he was in the third one. Amen. So there's realms in the spirit. And uh, he said uh, he wanted to show uh, his wisdom to all, to, 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 how did that say that? Ephesians 3, let me find it again. This print is really small. God's purpose was to show his wisdom in all its rich variety. That's what we just talked about. To all the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. And then in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, I'm still reading in this version. Ephesians 6, 12, hallelujah. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. And so there's realms in the spirit, and there's realms in heaven. And then I'm going to read from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7 in the Amplified Bible. <clears throat> And y'all can just listen if you want to. Hallelujah. And we'll get, we'll get back in the King James after this. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7 says, And of this matter I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, a special messenger. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I do not falsify when I say this, a teacher of the Gentiles in the realm of faith and truth. And so there's a faith realm. There's realms of faith. There's realms of truth. Hallelujah. There, and and he's, Paul said, I was appointed a preacher into this realm of faith, into this realm of truth. Um, did you ever wonder how does, I'm just going to pick somebody out of the blue, but somebody, maybe you'll know, but Billy Brim, she's one of my favorite teachers. I like to watch her when she comes on Brother Copeland's program. I've actually been in a lot of her meetings personally, listened to her tapes, read her books, and I, I enjoy Billy Brim. Uh, uh, did you ever wonder sometimes how somebody like that knows so much? Did you ever uh, wonder why some ministers carry a stronger anointing than other ministers? Did you ever wonder and ask yourself, why did fever obey Jesus instantly? 
Did you ever wonder why did storms obey Jesus instantly? And all of us have done those things where we tried speaking to a storm and it just, you know, nothing really happened. I know you've tried it. I know you have. I know you have. Hallelujah. You've been, you know, sometimes we're going to have a picnic or something and it's just not our birthday party and it's not convenient for us. We don't care that there hadn't been rain. I mean, we could be in West Texas and they hadn't had rain in a hundred days. But if it was my our birthday party, we didn't want it raining on our parade. And so, you know, we'd be trying to speak to, uh, to, speak to something. You know, sometimes I wonder, because I know God's getting these Oh, God, send rain. And somebody's saying, oh, rain, <laughs> you know, be gone in Jesus' name. But did you ever wonder why storms obeyed Jesus instantly? Did you ever wonder why some people seem to have more influence with God? Actually, they do have more influence with God, some people. Uh, did you ever notice that some people have more influence in prayer? Hallelujah. That they can get more done in prayer than you seem to be able to get done. Did you ever wonder why somebody like Brother Copeland, uh, I heard it said of him that he could sow $20 and he could get a bigger harvest out of a $20 seed zone than most of us could get. And you know, we've heard testimonies of it. Where we've heard and we're like, hey, you know, why does that work? How does that work? Well, you know, one thing that we've answered that with in the past, and it's certain amount true, it really is true, is that they have developed their faith. You know, there is a truth to that, that they have developed their faith. But I believe that there's more to it than that. I believe what it is is that a lot of times people have qualified themselves uh, for those realms. They've qualified themselves for realms to be opened up to them. Realms of knowledge to be opened up to them. Realms of wisdom to be opened up to them. I believe they've qualified themselves in financial realms. Uh, and so things are opened up to them. Where uh, and, and we'll talk about that more. You know, one thing I've noticed is that God doesn't dump everything He has on us all at once. You know? Uh, <clears throat> In Ephesians 1, 3, where we first read that first scripture, that's kind of our theme scripture, where it says, He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly realms, or in he which is what the New Living Translation says. Um, it's, you know, what that tells us is in redemption, it was given to us, but that we have to qualify for things. God doesn't just dump all of the power on us at once. We have to qualify for power. God doesn't dump uh, everything about prayer on us, influence on us, because we have to qualify for that. God's power is holy. God's power is marvelous. God's power is awesome. But I want to tell you something, God's power is also dangerous. The power of God is dangerous. We can see that in the scriptures. If you were to, we, we, don't, we probably won't read this tonight, but 2 Samuel, over in 2 Samuel chapter 6, it talks about uh, how they, David was going to move the Ark of the Covenant, which contained the glory or the power of God. He was going to move that back to Jerusalem. It had not been in Jerusalem. And so God gave instructions about how they were to carry and how they were to deal with this Ark of the Covenant, which contained the glory, which contained the power. He gave them specific instructions. And you know, we know that, uh, that they were walking along and they had this Ark of Covenant on a, on a cart. And uh, they, were, they had poles through it and they had lifted it up. They had actually put poles through the rings that are on the Ark and lifted it up by the poles. And they had set it on this cart. Well, they hit some rocks and the ground was unlevel, and, and the cart kind of rocked like that. And we know two men reached out to steady the Ark and, pam, they're dead. 
And the Bible says God was angry with them. And you know, I think sometimes we tend to want to interpret that, well, that God was angry and so he, 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 he judged them and he killed them. But I don't believe that that's what happened. I believe the glory of God killed them because they mishandled and didn't follow his instructions. And I believe God was angry with them because they didn't follow the instructions that he had given them. I believe God didn't want them to die. He knew he, 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 didn't, he didn't want that to be what happened. And he was mad because they did that. You know, uh, uh, have you ever, I've gotten mad at my kids before when they hurt themselves. Because they were doing something I had told them not to do. And in fact, I'll just tell you, you know, uh, a lot of times when I, when I was parenting and raising kids, my first reaction before they got sympathy was to kind of get in trouble for, for getting hurt. And then sympathy came later. Because I, don't, I, I didn't like my kids getting hurt. Because, you know, it wasn't that I was mad at them because I didn't like them. Or, you know, it was I, I really love them and don't want them hurt. It, I don't, I can't, you know, I can look at your blood all day long, but I can't look at my kids bleed. I can't stand for them to bleed. And, and, you know, I know Colin cut his hand one time at church with a utility knife, one of those utility knives. We were remodeling in the church. One of the churches we remodeled, we do, we've seemed like we did that a lot. Anyway, uh, and he cut himself and everybody else had to take care of him. You know, but now your blood, it wouldn't bother me. But my own, my, my kid's blood, I didn't like that. And so, you know, my first reaction, and I think God was like that. It was like, he was angry at them, but he was angry because they disobeyed him. He was angry because they got, because he didn't want that to happen to them. He wasn't angry and caused that to happen. Uh, it, uh, we, we have to handle the power and the glory like he tells us to. Amen. And then we know in Acts 4, we'll go over there, another thing about the power of God. And, and this is all going to talk to us about qualifying. We've just got to get some foundation laid. But Acts 4, verse 32, it says, um, it, it's talking about... Um, a, Right when the church was getting started and everything, and, and boy, I tell you, the glory was being poured out, poured out. The power of God was in manifestation. Verse 32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Hallelujah. That You know, hallelujah, that, that's going to bring the power and the glory. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. They were having a financial move of the Holy Ghost. Where God, thing, fin, things, finances were moving, property was moving by inspiration of the Holy Ghost because they were in outpouring. They were in glory. And it says, and we've tasted that a little bit here at Word of Life Church. And it said, and with great power, great power, great power, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Now listen to this. This is a great powerful move of God. Neither was there any among them that lacked. Can you imagine a move of God so much, the glory being poured out so much that nobody in the whole church was in lack? For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. Money was changing hands here in the glory. In the glory. And laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Hallelujah. I believe God was supernaturally paying off some people's debts. I believe money, people were coming up that had excess and were laying it at the apostles' feet, and people that had need and debts, you know, the apostles were, were distributing that and paying off people's debts and, and ministering what people need. Somebody needed a donkey, the, the apostles were seeing that they got it. 
you know, and uh, praise God. And then in, and Joseph, who was by who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, with his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own? Was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? And thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. He died, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. Now we know that the very same thing happened to Sapphira, his wife. Well, you know, Peter said to him, he said, you know, you didn't have to sell your land. There was no requirement. This was a free will offering. God wasn't making them sell their land, but he had seen Barnabas do it. He got caught up in the uh, in all that was going on in the Holy Ghost, you know, getting got maybe inspired, maybe excited, uh, but maybe there was a little competition. Who knows? But there was something wrong there in his motive. And, uh, and then he, uh, he also, uh, uh, he said, even after you sold it, you know, there's no rule. You could, you know, it was okay if he came and brought half. Just don't lie about it. Evidently, he bragged in front of the church, I've sold my land, I'm giving all. Evidently, that's what happened. It doesn't say that, but he evidently had declared, I'm giving it all, and he, but he hadn't. And But there was no rule. He could have said, I sold my land, and I felt led to give half. And he could have done that, right? And that would have been good, and God would have honored it. Hallelujah. And so, uh, but, he, but he fell down uh, because uh, he sinned and plotted to sin. He actually didn't just sin. He plotted to sin in a time of glory, when the glory was being poured out. Um, <clears throat> You know, um, there are realms that we have, to, we have to enter into. And just because Barnabas went into that realm didn't mean that Anasaz and Sapphira were ready to go to that realm. We'll talk about that more in a minute. You know, did y'all know also, here's another little example. Did y'all realize that everything Jesus said happened? Everything Jesus ever said happened. If He said it, it happened. Why? Because of the realm of authority and anointing that He walked in. Can you walk in the same realm that Jesus walked in so that everything you says happen, say happens? Yes, absolutely. You can walk there. But first, you must qualify for it. God will not let you go there until you get control of your mouth. God doesn't want you in that realm when you're saying things like, well, that just blew me away. Because, you know, if he lets you get in the realm of authority and anointing that Jesus walked in, and you said that just blows me away, it'd be, and you'd be gone. So you can't go to that realm. Because you do not, you have not taken charge of your mouth. So you, are, you may be stuck right where you're at, no further in the Spirit, no further in the realms of the Holy Ghost. Because why? You have not heeded what's been preached. If you're in this church, you just hadn't heeded what's been preached. Uh, and some of us are working on it. You know, we still mess up. You know, you say, you can't say things. You can't go to the realm where Jesus walked and say, well, that just blows my mind. Because you say that in that realm, and I'm telling you, the top of your head will blow off and it'll be gone. Because what he said happened. And see, sometimes we are like, well, this stuff doesn't work. Because well, I spoke to that tornado, and it, you know, it still blew my barn over. 
Well, you're just blessed. The grace of God, it didn't get your house, you know. At least God let you get that far out into that realm. It didn't get you. But, he, and, and, but we got to change what we say because, and be, our mouths will have to be changed a lot. Even us in this faith church would have to change our mouths a lot to get into the realm where Jesus walked. Because our words, they would hurt us. Our words would hurt us. And our words would also hurt every, our other people. You know, I can be driving and, you know, I, these are things we've got to quit doing. You know, one of our little things of driving is move it or lose it. You know, we'll be driving somebody in front of us, move it or lose it, lady. You know, well, we've got to change those things about what we say. <laughs> Y'all ever say anything to other drivers? No. No. Hallelujah. You know, y'all ever say anything that you're sure glad doesn't... You know, we ought to listen to ourselves and say, really, whether we want that to come to pass. And those things, if we don't, we've got to change them if we want in that realm. Now, if we don't want to go to that realm, we don't have to. But, you know, Miss Gloria uh, Copeland said that she used to say, that just blows me away. That was kind of one of her little sayings, you know, that she would say when something was just awesome. Oh, that just blew me away. And so she's in Tallahassee, Florida, and, and, and the roof come off of the building while she's preaching. And, she, and the, the thing was, is uh, like I, right before that or right after, Jerry Savelle had said something about, boy, God got on to me about saying that just blows me away. And she said, whew, I caught on and I quit saying that. Amen. And so there's a lot of things. I just, aren't you, I'm so glad that everything I said today isn't in concrete and coming to pass, you know, amen? Immediately, especially. But, you know, sometimes we've even, we need to dig it up because we've actually set it into motion. Uh, okay, um, did you know that there are some people that cannot operate in the kingdom of God? Turn over with me to Galatians chapter 5. There are people that are saved, perhaps, and perhaps not, after what we talked about Sunday night, where uh, uh, one evangelist, one major evangelist, says that only 17% of the Christians that profess to be saved are actually saved. How, you know, that's what we read. And Barna says, Barna, the Barna report that, uh, uh, in, that interviewed 6,000 and something Christians, I mean, 6,200 Christians, uh, and asked them, Ask them in that survey, do you believe that you can be saved by doing good things? And uh, what was it, 28% of Assembly of God, 24% I believe, Assembly of God said yes. 38% of Baptists said yes. Uh, like 59% of Methodists said yes. Of all the, of all the uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, well, not uh, Protestant. Of all Protestants, Methodists were the highest, even above Episcopalians. And I'm like, you know, that's out there. And, and, but 82% of Catholics said yes. And you know, of course, probably some of those that believe that really are, did get saved the right way, but they still believe, you know, they just believe wrong. But some of them are probably trying to go to heaven based on their works and don't realize that there's another way, the only way. There's only one way. Okay, so in your Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Um, 
adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. With that word inherit, if you look it up, it, it, it actually says obtain. Or I, I, What it really is saying is the people that practice these things, it's not saying they won't get to heaven. It says they can't operate in the kingdom. You cannot operate in the kingdom if you are in these things. Adultery. The kingdom will not work for you when you're in adultery. You can't operate in the kingdom. Uh, or fornication. Which would be all sexual sin. Actually, fornication there means adultery. It means sexual sin. It means incest. Any kind of sexual sin, you're not going to be operating in the kingdom of God. The kingdom won't operate for you. You're shut out of that realm. You're shut out. You, uh, uh, and it goes on. Envying was one of them down there. Envying, it means, if you look it up in the Strong's Concordance, it means ill will, jealousy, spite. People that are in envy and have ill will towards one another, jealousy, spitefulness, they're not operating in the kingdom. That's not, they can't operate in the kingdom. And you know, sometimes then they wonder why they don't get healed and so forth. But they're not operating in the kingdom if they have ought against their brother and ought against people and they're, they're, they're hating people. Drunkenness, which also, you know, sometimes we think of drunkenness and we think of somebody that's, um, you know, just, uh, you know, slobbering, blubbering drunk but it actually means just intoxicated just don't if you're getting a high if you're drinking and getting high if you're it, intoxicated just means you know you could be intoxicated and not drunk not look drunk not be a slobbering blubbering drunk staggering you know what i'm saying you don't operate in the kingdom witchcraft is talking about that there if you look it up it says magic i don't believe you know there's a lot of christians messing around with harry potter those people aren't operating in the kingdom of God. You can't drink the cup of devils and the cup of God too. That's what the Bible says. So, so there's things like that that will keep us out of realms. It keeps us out of the realms of the kingdom. Hallelujah. And so it goes on about seditions, which is divisions. We have to make sure we don't get into being in any kind of division. Variance, which means quarreling. Wrangling, strife, staying out of strife. Strife will keep you out of realms. It will keep you from operating in the kingdom. So you won't be able to get anything done with your prayers. You won't be able to get anything done with your faith. If you won't, nothing will work for you. Because why? Because you're shut out of the kingdom realm. So then you go on down there and he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You know, and so those are things that will cause us to operate more in the kingdom. Those are things that will cause us to be given access to things. If we're walking in love and we've got our love walk perfected, where we're not holding grudges against people and we're not having aught and we're not causing strife, man, we're gonna, there's going to be things open to us that aren't open to other people. I believe, that, and Brother Hagin used to teach that, that that was the one thing he did above all things was guard his love walk. 
Not even letting, I believe he would say, not even letting a thought of, 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 of animosity or anything towards other people uh, get in. He would guard that and it, it gave him access to mighty, mighty realms of the Spirit. So love, uh, uh, being a person of peace, maintaining our peace, not, not allowing uh, anything to upset our peace. Hallelujah which is a choice many times, will cause us to walk in realms that are, are far beyond what we have walked in. Being a person of joy, not, not letting ourselves give over to things. You know, we choose depression, maybe not in the end stages, but in the beginning stages, we always choose it. The temptation to be depressed comes to us, and we choose it, and we just keep on choosing it until pretty soon it, it is a stronghold and it controls us instead of, you know... And so those things, but, and, and those are things that lock us out of, of realms of the Spirit. Other things that qualify us. One, of the, uh, one thing that qualifies us for different, another realm is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are places you cannot go in God without being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, which I probably imagine everybody else, everybody is here tonight, but if you're not, you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because there's realms you won't go to. Jesus told the disciples, He said, you tarry in Jerusalem. Don't you go out and try to do the work, my works, without tarrying in Jerusalem until you receive that power from on high, that baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you are locked out of realms until you receive that. There's there, another thing that qualifies us is praying in the Spirit. Even after we're baptized in the Holy Ghost, the more we pray in the Spirit, the more we will realms will be opened unto us. In um, turn over to Matthew chapter 18. So we're talking about qualifying tonight. And you know, I don't know about you, but this really inspires me. Uh, even the last few. I've been meditating on this for several days and I've been more inspired to pray because when I pray, I realize, even when I pray in tongues, I realize I'm qualifying myself for something. I, I may not even know what it is, but hallelujah, I'm qualifying myself. My time's not wasted here. And so I get in more inspired to pray. Matthew 18, verse 19. It says, Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Well, we know this is a promise that has been given to us. But have you ever noticed, I know, for instance, uh, concerning 9-11. Uh, when 9-11 happened, before it happened, I know at least two people, and probably I know more than that, but I, I can name two specific ones, who I know, I heard, that they already had wind of that. God had given them wind of that in the Spirit before it ever happened. Well, according to that Scripture, the two of them should have been able to agree and just take care of it. So why are we not in the body of Christ able to, do, to take care of some things when just two agreeing. Because Jesus said it should only take two. But we found, and I know about you found, that many times for us to get something done, it takes a lot more than that in the body of Christ. I know Rachel Tifateller, uh, when 9-11 when happened, Billy Brim called her and said, Rachel, did you know? She said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been, under, I've, had, I've been having it all week. Oh, man, I have been. And, you know, and she said, but there wasn't enough of us. Well, he should have just taken two. Why? Because the body of Christ hasn't, hasn't gone to the realms we need to go to in order to get it done with two people. 
We need to go further is what I'm saying. We need to go to higher realms. Jesus is talking about a realm that... Uh, uh, a realm that's way out there. He's talking about a realm. Now, there's some things that are not as maybe world. In other words, 9-11 was a big thing. There's some things that probably two of us, that me and Pastor could just get together and we could take care of. Some things that are on a lower level. We could do this. I'm not discouraging us from using Matthew 18, 19, but I'm saying if we're going to change the world and we're going to stop terrorism acts and we're going to, you know, and if we're going to, and we're doing more. We're doing more. Did you notice on the map, and I'm not bragging because it wasn't us, it was all of us together, but did you notice when James Spann showed the map this week, or Monday I believe he showed the map, where all the tornadoes in Alabama were, that none of them came in Tuscaloosa County. Why? Because we've been learning something about of our authority. And we were, I know that y'all were speaking and, and uh, you know, hallelujah. Praise God. We learned, we've learned something about authority and we're taking our authority, not just for ourselves and our property, but we've now we're saying, okay, now I can step out beyond. I can take authority for my county. You, God, you said this county is ours. We can take it for our county. And now, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go to a realm where we can take authority for our state and then for our nation. Hallelujah. And so there's realms, amen, and there's places we have to qualify for it. Um, go to John 10, John chapter 10. I don't know about you, but I find this so interesting. I have been really meditating on this for several days. Just, oh, I'm telling you, it's really touching me and feeding me and, and uh, mm, inspiring me. Praise God. John 10, verse 1, says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And to him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Well, this is talking about a lot of different things. One thing it's talking about is it's talking about how you don't have authority in the earth without uh, a physical body. You have to have a physical body in order to have authority in the earth. No demon, no angel has any authority in the earth. So you have to have a physical body. But in, even on a, another level, it's talking about going into places that, and trying to go places that Jesus illegally. You can try to go places illegally. Did you ever know anybody tried to pastor a church and tried to go into being a pastor and they were there illegally? They weren't called by God. That is serious business. It's dangerous. Usually people like that don't live very long. Um, um, we have to go through Jesus. For everything we have in the kingdom, we have to go through Jesus. He's the one that opens the door. He's the, he's the door. He's the way. He's the, he's the way. We, everything we, every realm we go to... Um, if we go into the gifts of the Spirit without going through Jesus, we're going to be operating in, with uh, wrong spirits, false, uh, false spirits, familiar spirits, demonic spirits. People try to do that. 
It's very dangerous. Um, we go through relationships. Every realm we go to, we go through relationship. We qualify ourselves for it, and then through relationship, Jesus opens the door for us, and we go through that door. And then we're in another realm. Uh, one example the Bible gives is about the seven sons of Sceva. Now, this is a joke at our house because we'll say, Colin, what are you going to preach on this Sunday? Well, he's always going to preach on the seven sons of Sceva or the sin unto death. One or, you know, that's just a joke. Hallelujah at our house. Hallelujah. We used to ask Brother Barker, one of our pastors, what are you going to preach on Sunday, Brother Barker? He'd say the Jews. None of them will be there. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, he was just joking. But, you know, so we have a joke about the seven sons of Sceva. But the seven sons of Sceva were out there casting out devils. And remember, they tried to cast out a devil, and the devil said back to them, uh, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And they beat them up and took their clothes, ripped their clothes off of them. And see, they were trying to enter into a realm that they weren't going through the door. Jesus, to get there, they were into a realm that they were illegally in. They weren't even saved. You can't cast out a devil when you're not saved. You are. You got the devil as your father. You got the devil living on the inside of you. You can't cast him out. Amen. <laughs> so we qualify through Jesus, through our relationship with him, and through increasing our relationship with him, through deepening our relationship with him, we become more and more and more qualified for higher and higher levels of authority and anointing and blessing even. I mean, did you ever think about, well, you know, somebody gave Brother Copeland a million dollars. Well, now, God, that's just not right. Now, God, you're no respecter of persons. You're right. What he did for one, he'll do for you. But you're going to have to qualify yourself. And there's some steps that you're going to have to take to qualify yourself to get there. But it's open. It's open. Hallelujah. Come on in. Um so we qualify through Jesus, through our relationship, through increasing our relationship. And Jesus opens the door and he lets us into, another, in, into realms, into places, into blessings. And he begins to initiate blessings. And so instead of us being, oh God, I need a new car. Oh God, I need a new car. No, we, just, we deepen our relationship. We seek our God. We seek first the kingdom of God. And those things just start opening to us. That's how it's supposed to be. Instead of us just like, Ugh, uh, 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 you know. Okay, one example, I'll talk about us a little bit. You know, we gave our car away. And we had to, we had to, we had to qualify to do that. You say, well, anybody can give their car away. That's true, but not everybody can get results from giving their car away. And a lot of people have tried that. They've just tried. They heard somebody gave something away, and they happened to have one of those things, and so they gave it away, and it didn't come. You know, have you ever heard anybody walking for a few months because God didn't, you know, because Brother Copeland gave an airplane away, and next day he had a new airplane, and, another, you know. Well, you have to qualify for those realms. And so it took a lot of years of qualifying. You know, it took years of giving smaller amounts. It took a lot of years of listening and obeying, and then that door opened to us. It just opened. We didn't plan it. It was just open. Uh, you can't copy somebody else. Husbands and wives have to be in agreement. And it's not, uh, you, you want to do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, that, that is so, so dangerous. But, you know, it took years of trust between the two of us where we trust each other and we flow to, in the Spirit in other things. And we know we flow together. We know we flow together. We know we hear. I can tell you, you know, I can know when He's going to be in agreement. Because why? From years of practice. And so we've entered into a realm where we know things. And so um, uh, the results of giving our car away have been peace and blessing. And faith, I mean, we're in faith about what's going to happen uh, concerning that. But, you know, sometimes people, and I've done this, I've actually done this before in the past, where I got up, caught up in the meeting, and I tried to go in a door that wasn't open to me. And people can get caught up in the excitement. And if you, if you go there, and you go there without going through the door Jesus, in other words, Jesus didn't initiate it, then you know what will happen is after the anointing of the meeting lifts, it will result in strife a lot of times, disappointment, fear, resentment. All of a sudden, somebody's really not happy that they acted on what somebody else acted on. And that's what happened to Ananias and Sapphira is all of a sudden, you know, in the meaning, they say, oh, yeah, we're going to sell our land and, get, and, and do that too. But then they begin to have resentment and fear and doubt. And, and so you, enter, you, you have to qualify for those realms. We qualify ourselves several ways. I've named some, but I'll give you some more. We qualify ourselves by knowing God, knowing Him better and better. Did you know, folks, we can know Him better than we know Him. We qualify ourselves by prayer. I could just only emphasize this so much. You know, until the body of Christ is praying more, until you're praying more, there's, a, there's not going to be... There, you, you, you need to go. You need to pray more so you can go to greater levels of authority and anointing. And a lot of people just, you know, they're just caught up in life. And then, but we qualify ourselves with prayer by taking, you know, just time to just sit in His presence. We qualify, here's a real qualifier, knowledge. Knowledge is a qualifier. If you don't know things, you can't have things. The things you don't know about the Word, did you ever have a time when you didn't know you could have prosperity and you, couldn't, you didn't have it because you didn't know? See, knowledge made you more qualified. You didn't know you could have healing, but knowledge made you more qualified. The knowledge, you know, the, uh, uh, Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, study to show thyself approved or qualified. Study to get qualified. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so he said, knowledge, we have to have knowledge to qualify for realms. And depending on what you're called to, you may need even some natural knowledge. You know, uh, if, if President Bush was called to be the President of the United States from the time he was a little child, he had to make some decisions and he had to qualify himself. He had to go to certain universities. He probably couldn't go to Midland College. It probably wouldn't have been a stepping stone to the White House. No, West Point, is that where he went? No. Yale. That was probably better. You know, lots of the presidents either went to West Point or Yale or Harvard or, you know, it, Midland College wasn't going to do it. Shelton State's probably not going to get you to the White House. See, there's things you have to do to qualify, even in the natural realm, depending on what you're called to do. Um, 
So knowledge is a qualifier. Another great qualifier is experience. Sometimes you just can't do something until you have some experience. And, you know, and a lot of times people don't want to just follow Jesus through the little things. You know, submitting to somebody else. Sometimes, sometimes preachers never get to be pastors because they won't submit to somebody else. They just cannot go through that. And so they're not going through the door, the door of Jesus and what it would take to qualify themselves. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, turn to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6 verse 1. It pleased Darius, and it's talking about Daniel here. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, see, he qualified and he got to be the first because he qualified himself. And the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred. He was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. See, you qualify yourself. This is not just, oh, I think I'll, oh, Daniel, you can do it. No, Daniel put much forth in order to qualify himself to be over the whole realm. And some of that qualification was spiritual. We'll see that in a minute. But some of it was some natural too. And we'll look at that. Verse 10. Now, before we get to verse 10, let me tell you what had happened. Uh, people were so jealous because Daniel was put over the whole realm that they decided, you know, and they looked at Daniel and they said, you know, we can't find any fault in him. We're never going to be fi able to find something uh, bad in him that we can accuse him of. So we're going to have to make up a new law in order to find something against him. And we know something Daniel always does. He always prays. So we'll pass a law that you can't pray to anything, anybody but Darius or whatever, the God, their gods. Anyway, and, and and, and that'll be the trap that we set for Daniel. Now look in verse 10. Daniel knew they passed this law. And it says in verse 10, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. So Daniel, one of the things he did by, to qualify himself for what God did is, you know, when, when persecution came, he didn't hide. He didn't hide. He wasn't. He he he. You you qualify yourselves by not acting in fear. He didn't change. He didn't change and quit praying. Hallelujah! No, he just he didn't even. He always prayed with the windows open, so he prayed with the windows open. Amen. Look in verse sixteen. Uh, then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel. See now they've. They've caught him doing it. And they cast him into the den of lions. And now the king spake and said unto Daniel, look at this, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. The king gives us a very big clue to what Daniel did. One of the things Daniel did to qualify himself. He was continually serving God. By serving God continually, we qualify ourselves. Not this, well, you know, sometimes they're here. That's not going to qualify you for anything, folks. It's not going to qualify you for any realm. It's not going to qualify you for any blessing. It'd be better to take off a tiny chunk. You know, pastor said before, you know, uh, if you can only come to prayer on Sunday nights, well, at least just come every Sunday night. Why? Because as you're faithful over that little, God will make you master and ruler over much. You will qualify yourself. So you 
you find the level where you can be faithful. Uh, you know, some people say, oh, yeah, 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 I'll take seven jobs in the church, but then they don't do any of them right or faithfully. We try not to let people take seven jobs, but you know what I'm saying. So you, to qualify yourself, you have to continually serve. You have to be dependable where people can depend on you, where God can. God is depending on you. Amen? And so we have to, we have to that's one way we qualify ourselves. Verse 22. My God has sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouths, he's in the lion's den, that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me. One of the things that qualifies us for protection is, is being innocent. In other words, we're pure, we're clean. Not that we never mess up, but we're keeping ourselves pure and clean. If we mess up, we're repenting. That qualifies us for things. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. No hurt. No hurt to the king. And this was an ungodly king. Now in Moundville, they take their shoes off. I've got that on good authority that they preach without shoes in Moundville. So we're going to pretend we're in Moundville tonight. Amen. Uh, sorry about that, but it's either quit or you say, well, I vote quit. No. <laughs> well, we didn't vote, so hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Pastor said quit. <laughs> no. Anyway, just don't look down. Okay, so we qualify ourselves. Where was I? Verse 23? No, yeah. Innocency was found. Verse 22. Also before thee in the king I have in the king have I done no hurt. No hurt to the king, no hurt to the kingdom. We can't hurt other people and qualify for anything. Is that truth? We're not going to be qualified. Verse 23, Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. One of the things that qualifies us is our faith. That qualifies us. So it's important that we do develop our faith. Um, praise God. Uh, look in, think about this. Because we're talking about here how he was protected. And so think about this. Uh, Christians, we know this happens. Have you ever heard about Christians being in a horrible wreck, injured terribly, but they live and recover? And we praise God. I mean, we praise God, don't we? Aren't y'all thankful? Have you ever heard about Christians being in a horrible wreck? And they're in that wreck, but they just have minor injuries. And we think, oh, praise God, that was horrible. But look how God blessed them. But then we know Christians who were in horrible wrecks, and they were in the wreck and came out without a scratch. And we say, oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And then have you ever heard of Christians that have near misses of a horrible wreck, but they missed it? it but it was just like it should have been, but all of a sudden something took over. You've heard of cars being lifted up. You've heard of all sorts of things. Y'all heard of those kind of things? And you go, oh, praise God. And then have you ever just been that person that drove by the horrible wreck? And you go, oh, my gosh, look at that. Only with our eyes. I mean, you've been there? Well, okay, what's the difference? What's the deal? What's the deal? Well, i tell you what it is. It's qualifying yourself. It's qualifying yourself. Psalm 91, we got to qualify ourselves in Psalm 91. Psalm 91.10 says, no evil shall befall us. I see evil befalling some Christians. Do you? I've had it myself. I fell out of the garage door. 
I have tripped, fell out of two, fell downstairs, out of the garage door, narrowly. I don't. If I'd have fell straight forward, I would have hit my head on the bumper of the car. But I fell somehow. I fell twisted to the side, and it hurt anyway. I've done that. I got up saying, "What happened?" I'm not. I'm not supposed to dash my foot against a stone, and I fell down the stairs. And and you know sometimes we just pass those things by, and we just say, "Oh well, oh well." But we need to qualify ourselves for another. There's another level I could have walked in. There's another level that we can walk in, and we have to qualify for it. We call of qualify for it in our faith. We qualify for it in not having strife in our lives, which brings in every evil work. We qualify for those levels of protection by walking in love. We qualify though for those levels of protection by watching what we say. There's so many things that cause us to qualify for Psalm 91. We qualify ourselves to have peace in our house and not to be fighting devils all the time. And they'll say, we qualify ourselves for that. There are levels and realms of protection. Divine health is a realm that you qualify for, that we're pressing towards in our faith. But it's not all about faith. It's partially about faith, but there's other things. Walking in love. You're not going to walk in divine health without walking in love. Right? So we qualify ourselves. There's, there's divine life. There's a step beyond that where symptoms can't even, don't even come. They never even come. Hallelujah. Well, we qualify for those places. Hallelujah. Um, Daniel 9, chapter 9. We're winding down here. Daniel 9, winding down. That is a, that's very subject to, verse 2. It says, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books. I, Daniel, understood by books. Look at knowledge, how he's qualifying himself with knowledge. Folks, it's not going to do just to come to church. You're going to have to read the Bible. And you know, there's other things you probably ought to read too. You know, books that will inspire you. Brother Hagen's books and, and you know. And so we qualify ourselves. Start with a mini book. We've got them. We handle them. Um, Verse 3, uh, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So prayer is a great qualifier. Why do some people get places other people don't? A lot of times it's prayer. You won't get there without prayer. There's doors. There's things we see when we pray. There's wisdom that comes to us when we pray. Financial wisdom and all sorts of things. There's things that come to us when we pray. And I'll tell you something else is we can ask for those realms too. Lord, we need to ask specifically. Remember the scripture in Matthew 7, verse 8, it says, He that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. Look how it's talking about realms. You're going to find realms when you seek realms. When you seek God, you'll find new realms. You'll, seek the, you'll find the things you're looking for. When, he, uh, he that knock, knocketh and the door will be opened to him. Uh, verse 4, And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said unto the Lord. You know, there's realms that open to us as we confess the word. And as we confess it over and over. I know Brother Hagin talks about uh, that when he prayed the Ephesians prayers, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3, he prayed those prayers. He said, uh, I believe he said over a thousand times that he began to see a difference. 
in understanding the Word of God and understanding the things of faith. When he had prayed those prayers a thousand times. And sometimes we read Ephesians 1 and say, oh, that didn't work. I didn't see anything different. Well, qualify yourselves a little more. Amen. Y'all with me on this? I'll keep going. Well, I can't finish this, so I think I'll stop. I might can preach it again if I stop. That might be smarter. Hallelujah. Praise God. Besides, I think you might have took all you could take. Thank you, Jesus. Well, hallelujah. Let's stand up together. Thank you, Jesus. And so we'll just pray in the Spirit a minute or two, and it'll qualify us for sure.